Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. It is Sparky's Midday Madness. On 1250 AM, the fan, Dan Plucker, filling in for Sparky, who has the week off. Talking with you about the NBA Finals and your Milwaukee Bucks as they fall in game one, 118 to 105. Was a tough game. It was. It was not the best that we've seen of the Milwaukee Bucks in game one of the NBA Finals. Nor has it been in any of the game ones of NBA playoff series that we have seen from the Milwaukee Bucks at this point. Real quick, I do want to apologize to Frank Mandet for all of you who are listening over from uh, the Big Show Network. He's from Locked On Bucks and from BrewHoops.com. So that's where Frank Madden is from. He'll be joining us tomorrow on the Big Show along with John McLaughlin. Really looking forward to the conversations with both of those guys. But the Milwaukee Bucks... Lose game one of the NBA Finals, 118-105. to 105. And to me, it seems like a lot of people out there are not panicking today. It seems like we're not making this as big of a deal as we have in the past. I'll put it that way. A lot of Milwaukee Bucks fans in the past, when they've gone down one in, down one in the series, in, in any series, or they start losing games, Start to freak out. We start to get calls. Oh, fire Coach Bud. Trade Middleton. Uh, trade Brooke Lopez. Trade Drew Holiday. These guys aren't good enough. All this stuff. But now that we're there in the NBA Finals, we haven't gotten that. And that, and that I I very much do appreciate because when we can all stay level-headed, I think it's better for everybody involved because we don't really need to bring up these same topics every day of fire Coach Bud, trade Chris Middleton, that unfortunately come up way too often in sports radio on 1250 AM, the fan included. So here's my question for today on Sparky's Midday Madness. Dan Plucker filling in. Who are you most concerned about in game two? Chris Paul, Devin Booker, or DeAndre Ayton? Because all three had pretty good games in game one. The biggest factor in game one, being Chris Paul. What Chris Paul did in game one is is similar to what Kevin Durant did with the Brooklyn Nets in game five, where he dropped 49 points. Not to the same level, but it's similar. Chris Paul's impact on the game was similar to that. Chris Paul and his impact was similar to what the Hawks did with Trey Young in game one of the, end, of the Eastern Conference Finals, where the, the Hawks won. And now... This time around in the NBA Finals, it's another point guard. It's Chris Paul. And Chris Paul had a fantastic game. But the Milwaukee Bucks defensive scheme in game one was to let Chris Paul get his. But try to not let anybody else get theirs. They threw everything at Devin Booker. Everything at Devin Booker. P.J. Tucker was on him. Drew Holiday, who is the best guard defender on this team, was on him. 
Giannis sometimes was guarding Devin Booker. Pat Connaughton, who's probably the best defender for guards off of the bench, which is pretty sad to say, was thrown at Devin Booker. And they denied the ball to Devin Booker. They did not let Devin Booker get his shots. One for eight from deep was Devin Booker in game one. And instead, they said, we're going to, I'm okay with Chris Paul beating us. That's what they said. I'm okay with Chris Paul beating us or or putting up points. As long as it's not Devin Booker, we're going to let Chris Paul do his thing. We don't think Chris Paul can be as consistent of a shooter, can get as hot as Devin Booker. And to a degree, I agree with him. I am way more concerned with Devin Booker for the series going forward and seeing what he has done on the past, getting hot and staying hot for an extended period amount of time. So the Bucks made that trade-off. They said, Chris Paul, you can go ahead and have a big day as long as Devin Booker doesn't. Then Devin Booker gets to the free throw line 10 times. He gets to shoot 10 free throws, I should say. So five times. And he hits every single one of them. And some of those calls, very questionable. I think we can all agree with that. The Phoenix Suns got calls last night that the Milwaukee Bucks just did not. Calls that Chris Middleton probably should be getting that he did not get. Calls that Drew Holiday should probably be getting that he did not get. And especially in the paint. But that's fair on both sides. Both sides were fouling in the paint quite a bit. But for the guards on this team, and for the guard-type players, wings, guards, whatever you want to call them, with Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, maybe they need to sell it a little bit more. Maybe we need to see them flail a little bit like Devin Booker does, like Chris Paul does, to get some of those calls. Because clearly it's a different difference maker in this series. The Suns got to the line and made 25 of 26 free throws. The Milwaukee Bucks lost by 13. And the Milwaukee Bucks only shot 16 free throws, 12 of them coming from Giannis. They were only 9 of 16 from the free throw line. That's a 7-point differential if they hit every single one, and the game is a whole lot closer. The Phoenix Suns did not win only because of the free throw line and the refs, which a lot of people are going to want to say when they call in to 414-799-1250 on Sparky's Midday Madness, Dan Plucker filling in. A lot of people are going to say the refs decided this game. But that's not the truth. It's not. It, it made an impact, yes, it did. But it was not the sole reason that the Milwaukee Bucks lost game one of the NBA Finals to the Phoenix Suns. No, there, there were plenty of reasons. Giannis not entirely healthy. Where in the world was Drew Holiday in this game on the offensive end? He was nowhere to be found. It seemed like Chris Middleton or Giannis were bringing up the ball on every possession and not Drew Holiday. And Drew Holiday has shined when he has been the true point guard of this team. He was not assertive enough in game one, was Drew Holiday. It was disappointing to see after a fantastic Atlanta Hawks series that he had, especially in game five and game six, where he becomes nearly non-existent in game one of the NBA Finals. They really need Drew Holiday to step up on the offensive end if they're going to win. And then Chris Middleton was great. Chris Middleton is what kept them in the basketball game in the third quarter. When the Suns were on their run, Chris Middleton went on a little run of his own, ended with 29 points, 7 boards, and 4 assists in the game. So it's not on Chris Middleton. I wouldn't say it's on any sort of adjustment on Coach Bud, because Game 1 in every single series so far has been feeling it out. They're figuring out what is going to work on defense, on the defensive side of the ball against this Phoenix Suns team. But I am just as, if not more worried with the offensive end for the Milwaukee Bucks. They have to hit their shots on the inside. Drew Holiday has to be better. And both Drew and Chris Middleton from the jump need to be more aggressive for the Milwaukee Bucks to win this series and to win in six or seven games. And also to win in game two of the NBA Finals. So I'm very concerned with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. But I am as equally concerned with DeAndre Ayton. Because when they're doing these screens with Chris Paul and the Bucks are automatically switching. It's not, it's not we're going to switch sometimes, not other times. It's an automatic switch right now for the Milwaukee Bucks. That may be a mistake by Coach Budenholzer and something that could be changing. I think that the switch is the right decision. 
the drop coverage hasn't worked. Double teaming's not going to work. I think the switch is the right decision, but not on every play. They need to throw multiple looks at Chris Paul, at Devin Booker when DeAndre Ayton is coming up for screens. Because when DeAndre Ayton gets switched in the paint, that is the what is most concerning to me out of anything is when DeAndre Ayton is getting guarded by Pat Connaughton in the paint. When DeAndre Ayton is getting guarded by P.J. Tucker in the paint, and sure, Tucker has proved that he can prove that he can defend guys one through five, but he cannot defend a much larger DeAndre Ayton in the paint. DeAndre Ayton got so many boards in that game, almost a 20-20 for him. You can't let that happen. The Bucs have to find a way to neutralize DeAndre Ayton inside or else the Phoenix Suns are going to continue to go to him. And he... If, if the Bucks continue to throw up dudes like Pat Connaughton and Brent Forbes and Drew Holiday at DeAndre Ayton in the post, he's going to feast. He's going to be what wins them basketball games, and he was a huge part of that win last night, the 118-105 victory for the Phoenix Suns over your Milwaukee Bucks. So what I'm looking for overall is better defense, yes. But one of those three guys is going to, to have a big game. Pretty much every game in this series. It's going to have to be, the Bucks are going to have to choose one of those three guys. Maybe two. One, maybe two of those dudes that are going to get shut down. So in game two of the NBA Finals, which are you most concerned with? Between DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker, 414-799-1250. And when we come back from this break, I'll get to Mello on the north side and Ram on the north side here on Sparky's Midday Madness. It's Dan Plucker filling in for Sparky here on The Fan. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan, Dan Plucker filling in for him here and every day this week except for Friday. Friday, uh, I'm leaving right after the big show, going to a wedding, one of my buddy's weddings from college at – 3 o'clock on a Friday, so I'll be skipping out for Midday Madness. Rami will be in for me, who's in for Sparky, on Friday on Sparky's Midday Madness. But today and tomorrow, I'll still be with you, breaking down this Bucks suns series. And right now, talking with you, who are you most concerned about in Game 2 of the NBA Finals for the Phoenix Suns? Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, or Devin Booker? All three capable of having monster performances, and all three having the potential to be the best player on the court, not on the court, on the Phoenix Suns team at any point. Giannis is the best player on the court. Well, we don't, we can cut the crap with that. Giannis is the best player on the court, even injured. He's the best player on the court. But Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton could all have a huge impact. If you have to stop one of those guys, who is it? 414-799-1250 here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Dan Plucker filling in. Let's go out to the phone lines. We'll get out to Mello. On the north side, Mello, you're on Sparky's Midday Madness with Dan Plucker. What's up, Mello? What you got? Hey, what's going on, Dan? Not much. How you doing? I'm all right. I, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm so much concerned uh, with Devin Booker. I think we could throw bodies at him. Well, we got we got the bodies to throw at him with, you know, with Middleton and Drew Connington, you know, and make him become a value shooter. Uh, with Aiden, we, I think we just got Keep him off the boards, you know, find him when the ball go up and box him out. But uh, I'm concerned with the point guy, man, and the person that with the mind out there, the IQ. And that's Chris Paul, the coach on the floor. He out coaching Budenholzer right now. I know he was watching game five and six of Atlanta. Like, ooh, I hope they switch Brooke Lopez on me. I right. love that, you know, and we got a stubborn coach right now. And with those in-game adjustments, we got to make it happen for us or, or we will lose with him trying to run the same system instead of tweaking it and letting us take this home. So what would you do differently then, Mel? How are you stopping Chris Paul? Um, we, we have to double him sometimes. In, in the middle of the floor, we got to make him give the ball up and get back. And, and that's when we want to switch. We want to switch on defense. We got to double Chris and, and, and fill in sometimes. I'm not saying all the time, but mm-hmm. we got to be able to talk and communicate out there on the court because we cannot let Brooke Lopez hold Chris Paul and continue to switch to him. We got to play um, Bobby Portis a little more and 
Connaughton, he played a lot of minutes with, with, with a little production. We, we need a little more out of him for that many minutes. For sure, Mel. Appreciate the call. Here's the thing. What I'm concerned about is, and what I think a lot of people don't realize, is that if this if this is going to be an issue, if Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton screen and roll is going to be an issue, then you can't play Brooke Lopez in this series. You can't. Because the way that it's set up, you can't have anybody else other than Brooke Lopez or Giannis guarding DeAndre Ayton. And if you have Giannis guarding DeAndre Ayton, then who in the world is Brooke Lopez guarding? Jay Crowder? That is not going to work, folks. Not going to work. So if they go small ball, that's the only way that they stop that in this situation, which means Giannis is at the five and Brooke Lopez is not playing. If you want to see Brooke Lopez on the floor for meaningful minutes in the NBA Finals, the Milwaukee Bucks have to find a way to not have Chris Paul being guarded by him after a screen, which is what is happening right now. The drop coverage didn't work, and quite honestly, the only way that Brooke Lopez plays is if you guys are okay with Chris Paul being guarded by Brooke Lopez because that's going to happen in this series. Maybe they'll fight over the screen a little bit more with Drew Holiday and with P.J. Tucker and whoever else may be guarding Chris Paul, but we saw what happens with that in the Brooklyn Nets series. They didn't switch at all in the Brooklyn Nets series. And what wound up happening is guys got tired. They started fouling more. And you saw what happened in this game, how often the Suns got to the line in this game. You asked Drew Holiday, P.J. Tucker to fight over screens. Chris Paul is going to be shooting three at the line instead of two because he's going to do what is so frustrating with these guys trying to get over the screens, and he's going to try to do a little throw-up fake shot that's not even really a shot. It's just there to draw foul, and they're going to get calls for that. There's only so many ways that you can beat a team that has three stars like the Phoenix Suns have. And one way that the Bucs may have to do it could be with an injured Giannis playing at the five. 414-799-1250 to join the conversation. Let's go out to Ram on the north side. Ram, you are on Sparky's Midday Madness with Dan Plucker. What's going on, Ram? Man, thanks for taking my call. I got barred on the first two shows, Dan. Hey, I'm sorry with the big show. We, we were up against the clock on the big show. That's why I couldn't bring you on. But that's why I brought you on here now. What's up, Ram? Well, I'm going to say this. The problem that the Bucks have is they don't have nobody that can take somebody off the dribble to the rack. They catch and shoot guys. Booker okay. and uh, Chris Paul, I got them in my top five backcourts in the NBA with Curry, Clay. they in, in that order, Kyrie. So just individually, they can take any buck off the dribble and know that. So uh, the only way it's not going to happen is if the Bucks send help. They send help. Then they can get sprayed with threes because they can shoot three points. They can shoot three points. You saw that. The Suns, yeah. Cameron Payne, Cameron Johnson, Mikel Bridges is good from the three. Yeah, all those dudes. And but Booker and Chris Paul dragged every buck starter all over Phoenix last night. Middleton, too. He got dragged, too. Because he can't hold nobody like Chris Paul because he's too slow. And Booker, you got to keep people crying about talking about um, he shot some. Yeah, they throwing double teams. So what you supposed to do? You go to the rack. To get foul to get the other team in the penalty. I learned that in the fifth grade, bro. Fourth grade. What Bucks fans crying about? That's basketball. You know, so if you beat the first person, more than likely the second person is going to foul you. They weren't walling up. He was getting to the rack. He shot two free throws. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah, Ram, appreciate the call. I, I agree with you to a degree. I do. But the problem was that it happened a little too often. There were, there were some times, Ram, where Devin Booker didn't get touched and there was a foul. There were times that Chris Paul didn't really get touched and it was a foul. And it was a little bit more of a flopping. I think that's more where Milwaukee, ba- Milwaukee Bucks fans are frustrated. Where on the other end, where Middleton is getting to the mid-range, because he also shoots a lot of mid-range, Ram. And I know you hate Middleton, but Middleton also gets to the ridge, mid-range and he's not getting the exact same calls that Booker and Chris Paul are getting on the other end. Yes, he's not the guy that can take dudes off the dribble the way that Chris Paul and Devin Booker can, but Middleton is shifty enough to get into that mid-range and get his shot. And when he was in the process of doing that, he was not getting calls last night. The same calls that Booker and Chris Paul were. 414-799-1250. Let's go out to KJ in Hawaii. KJ, out of Aiton, 
Booker and Chris Paul, who are you stopping in game two or who are you trying to stop the most in game two? Hey, hello, my brother. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, listen, I, 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 you have to try and uh, limit the amount of damage that Chris Paul does. He's the head of the snake, of snake right? Mm-hmm. So you have to definitely – I mean, he makes everything happen out there, um, you know, for them, Flucker, because, uh, you know, he can, he can dish it out, he can shoot, he penetrates, gets other guys shots. I mean, the guy can do it all. And when he's hot like he was last night, it's difficult to um, to stop a guy like that uh, and just to limit him. Uh, so, you know, you're going to have to make a, a concerted effort to uh, do something. Uh, and the switching has got to stop, you know, with Brooke Lopez again out there in no man's land at the three-point line trying to uh, – trying to watch a Devin Booker or a Chris Paul. I mean, you can't have that. I mean, you, you, I understand, you know, there's a lot of, you know, uh, picks, but, but these are these are uh, are moves that, that Bud's making uh, intentionally to have him try. I mean, from the beginning of the game, I saw that. And I was like, what are you doing? You just can't, you can't have him on an island uh, against a Chris Paul or a Devin Booker, it's not going to work. Right. I, You're going to get torched. Thanks Either for the call, KJ. Right yeah. yeah, yeah, KJ, thanks for the call. Here's the thing, though, is that it, it sounds so simple. It does. It sounds so simple to just say, oh, they can't switch. But I don't think, we, I think, I don't think a lot of fans realize what that really means. If they don't switch, then what do you do instead? You try to stay? So then Chris Middleton gets drives to the hoop, or Chris Middleton, Chris Paul gets drives to the hoop a lot easier. And then Brooke Lopez is trying to block a shot at the rim instead of having a guy right in front of his face with a shot in the mid-range. Or you get a screen and roll and it's two on one. It's Chris Paul with either a layup or a lob to DeAndre Ayton and a score. So either way, there's going to be an issue there. The only real thing that the Milwaukee Bucks can do potentially to stop one of those two things from happening on a screen and roll is they don't play Brooke Lopez and he's sitting on the bench or they just allow it to happen and they try to double team or they try to throw different looks at them or they try to switch while the dribbler Chris Paul has the ball at the top of the key with Brooke Lopez guarding him. And then you're just putting Brooke Lopez on another guard because Aiton is out of the way in the corner on the other end in the post. That's what's happening. You can't have Brooke Lopez just run away from Chris Paul at the three-point line. Chris Paul is going to shoot it from there too. And if you ask him to switch while Chris Paul is dribbling the basketball, Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton, whoever it is, then you're leaving him open from three. So right now, the only thing realistically that you're saying, KJ, is that Brooke Lopez can't play in this game if you do not want the Bucks to switch. 414-799-1250 to join the conversation here. Let's go out to Pat and Waukesha. Pat, you're on Sparky's Midday Madness. It's Dan Plucker filling in. What's up? Hey, Dan. So I, I think you're spot on. And, and I looked at the game last night. I saw Phoenix shoot 25 from 26 from the line. I saw them shoot 50% from three-point range. I saw Chris Paul go off and have his best playoff game ever, or one of his best ever, and they put up 115 points. So I'm thinking the law of averages. If they play exactly that same kind of game, they're probably going to score 105 just by coming down to earth a little bit. My greater concern is on the offensive end because I see this pick and roll. I see other teams do this to us. I think we need to live with it a little bit, but we've got to do that on our end. And that's what I'm more concerned about. How come we can't do that with our big three? Um, and, I mean, we can put up 115 points. We can put up 120. You know, we scored more than they did this year. So we can talk about the defensive end. But if these guys just don't go out of their minds and 115 is the best they can do on their home floor, I think that's doable. I mean, I don't want to see Brooke Lopez just sit on the sidelines so we, so we don't give up 12 points. You know what I mean? Like right. I think there's got to be a different way that we can we can improve on the offensive end and somehow get Drew Holiday and Giannis doing the same type of thing and get Middleton to play a touch better and get 
get Lopez to stop batting at the ball like he's playing volleyball. Grab the ball, come down with it, and dunk. I mean, he had so many little tip-ins. That he missed. That he yeah. just missed. And yep. it's like, just hit some bunnies. Like, I think we just need to calm down a little bit and not focus on the one thing that the national media is focusing on. Because if we just score a few more points, look a little better on offense, and things come a couple down more free a little throws. bit on their end, we're fine. Absolutely, yeah. Pat. Appreciate the call. Yeah, the Milwaukee Bucks, not good from the free throw line, 9 of 16. They missed nine shots on the inside the paint yesterday. They got beat in the paint because of that. The Suns had 44 points in the paint. The Bucks only 42. But he's right. Chris Paul is going to get his in some of these games. Devin Booker is going to get his in some of these games. The two of them had half of the Suns' points. And then you add DeAndre Ayton, and it's more like three-quarters of the Suns' points comes from those three players. And that's what it's going to be like. The same thing's true for the Bucks, pretty much every single game as well. Anandakumbo, Middleton, Drew usually make up close to 75% of the Bucks scoring in wins or losses. That's what's going to happen for the Phoenix Suns here too. They're going to hit shots. It's part of the game of basketball. You can't just expect these guys to be shut down on a daily basis, especially with how good of shooters the Phoenix Suns are from both the mid-range and from deep. They're going to hit shots. And on the offensive end from the Milwaukee Bucks, Pat's also right. We need to see more movement sometimes from this Milwaukee Bucks team when Giannis is on the court. Sometimes it's give Giannis the ball and watch him go, which is not the way that it should be. And I and it, to a degree, that's on Coach Bud. To a degree, that's also on Giannis and the players on the court. Giannis sometimes gets uh, wide-eyed, only looking at the rim. His job is only to get to the rim and get a dunk, and then he goes up there, he gets a charge call, or he travels, or the ball gets knocked out of his hand because everybody knows that he's coming in. Other times he kicks it out and the Bucks get an open three, and that's good stuff. That's good stuff. But I think more often than not, and, and sometimes he's successful in it, and that's why he's the MVP, because Giannis can drive into the lane and dunk it over just about anybody. It's true. That makes him one of the most dominant players in the NBA. But at the same time, they also need him to run the offense sometimes. I think when Giannis is on the court, sometimes we get out of the offense a little bit. And I think that happened yesterday. I don't think that the Bucks game planned over the last couple of days heading into game one to have Giannis Antetokounmpo on the court. I don't think that was part of the agenda. I don't think that's something that they were practicing. So when game one comes, Giannis is a game-time decision, their whole offensive scheme could be completely different because they weren't expecting Giannis to play and now all of a sudden, he's in the game and he's playing. The Milwaukee Bucks are a much better basketball team with Giannis Antetokounmpo on the court. But sometimes it feels like the offense itself runs a little bit better when he is not trying to run it himself. When Giannis is not trying to take the ball at the top of the key and say, I'm taking over doing this by myself. Sometimes it feels like the Bucks need to get back into Coach Bud's system a little bit more with Giannis playing off the ball a little bit more, both in the post and off a screen and roll with Giannis. The first play of the game, heck, where we were all wondering whether or not Giannis is healthy enough to do this thing, was a screen and roll with Giannis and a lob dunk. That first quarter, we saw Coach Bud's offense with Giannis in it. And then in the second quarter, we started to see that fade away a little bit and the Bucks to fall back into that iso ball because that's what the Suns were doing with Chris Paul at the top of the key. It was iso ball, Chris Paul against Brooke Lopez. So the Bucks tried to match that, but didn't do a screen. It's Giannis going up against DeAndre Ayton. Giannis at the paint thinking he can drive by DeAndre Ayton, and then Ayton stays with him because Ayton is big and strong just like Giannis is. That's what we have seen a couple of times throughout this playoffs. When the Milwaukee Bucks are in Coach Bud's system, the offense is running fluently and it's running great. But sometimes they get away from that. And I don't know who that's on. I don't know. Sure. Is part of that on Coach Bud? Yes, because he needs to get his guys back into the offense. But some of it is also on the players. And it's also a little bit on Giannis. As, as terrible as that is today to say to a two-time MVP, sometimes it's a little bit on Giannis, guys. Just like sometimes when the Packers lose, it's a little bit on Aaron Rodgers. Just like when the Brewers lose, sometimes it's a little bit on Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff on the mound. It's okay to blame a superstar player occasionally. It is. And sometimes it's a little bit to blame 
on Giannis Antetokounmpo for the Bucks not running the offense that they necessarily should be. 414-799-1250 to join the conversation. It's Dan Plucker filling in for Sparky on Sparky's Midday Madness. When we come back, we'll hear our interview with Ty Windish from the Big Show Radio Network earlier. And that's coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sparky's Midday Madness. It's Dan Plucker hanging out with you on a Wednesday between game one and game two of the NBA Finals between your Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns asking you who are you most concerned about in game two? Chris Paul, Devin Booker, or DeAndre Ayton at 414-799-1250. Got a couple votes here so far in this, and uh, the by far the leading vote-getter is Chris Paul at almost 50%, Devin Booker at 36%, DeAndre Ayton at just around 14.5% himself. So a lot of you thinking that Chris Paul is the head of the snake, and I, I agree. Chris Paul is the guy that the Milwaukee Bucks need to slow down. He is, because it's not just about his scoring. It's also about his work on the defensive end and also – He's the orchestrator of the offense. He's the quarterback on the court. He's he's the head coach on the court for the Phoenix Suns. That's what Chris Paul is. And if you can't slow that down, he's going to find ways to beat you, whether it's through him shooting the basketball or him finding the holes in your defense to score. And that's what Chris Paul does. 414-799-1250 if you want to agree, disagree with me. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, or DeAndre Aiden, who are you most concerned about in Game 2? Now let's go back and listen to our interview with Ty Windish from the Big Show Radio Network. Talk to him. Started off the interview asking him about Giannis Antetokounmpo and just how incredible it is that he is playing in the NBA Finals after what we saw, that injury we saw just over a week ago. Here's that conversation we had with Ty. Well, you know, been better. Um, would have been great if the Bucks started off 1-0, and but they haven't done that since the first round. Clearly, it doesn't mean they can't win the series. And although I was pretty frustrated, honestly, by the way Game 1 went, I wasn't disheartened by the result. Like, I think there were certainly some positives to take away, a few tweaks the Bucks could make, and certainly get themselves – I mean, they're not out of the series by any means, but get themselves – tied up even after game two in Phoenix uh, if they pull the right levers. Yeah, and let's just talk, first of all, about one of the, the biggest positive of all of game one, Ty Windish, and that is Giannis Antetokounmpo being on the court. How amazing is it to you that he is playing after what we all saw happen to him last week? It was just wild. Like, the nerves of being in the final, and I'm not playing in the game, but even watching the Bucks in the finals, we all know it's been 47 years since last time. Uh, which is uh, a little bit before my time. But um, the nerves of just seeing the team in the finals and wondering how they're going to look. And then also Giannis making his return after we all, I think, initially thought catastrophic injury potential just a week ago. And I thought he looked great, especially early on. I mean, you could see the injury bugging him more, I think, especially in the third quarter and Mm -hmm. the second half. But to see him come out there, look good, have a good overall game. I mean, I think 20 points and 17 or 18 rebounds in 35 minutes, 
I think he looked way better than I expected. I know some people didn't know if he was even going to play in game one. Right. I thought you said it right. I mean, that was the number one good sign. This series is kind of a non-starter if Giannis isn't ready to play. He looked ready to play. Yeah, the one thing I do wish, though, from Giannis was that he played a little bit more, and I know that's tough with his injury, but when he was out of the game, it seemed like that was the time when the Phoenix Suns really attacked and went on their runs, Ty Windish. Yeah, I mean, he was plus one. Uh, the Bucks were plus one, I should say, when he played. So they lose that game. They only they lost the non-Giannis minutes. They barely won the Giannis minutes. So um, certainly agree there. But I honestly, I thought maybe closer to – just certainly closer to 30 than 20. I thought he'd probably play 20-some minutes in the first game. Right. Back, so getting mm-hmm. 35 felt excellent. But, yeah, I mean, certainly you'd like to see, uh, especially on the defensive end, but also offensively. I thought the Bucks were just not focused enough in how they attacked on offense. And without Giannis, that showed through more because you don't have, you know, the big guy in the middle who makes things a lot easier, I think, for everyone. And, and they'll just go out and score with no help from time to time. Yeah, Ty Leroy Butler again. I, I just love the name of your podcast. <laughs> I just think it's amazing. It's brilliant. I, I wonder when you're playing a team so guard heavy, you know, with Booker and of course Chris Paul. I mean, I know a, a lot of fans watch this and say, "Why don't you just take them away for whatever reason and just put it on both Camerons to come up with big plays." Or, you know, because I know Aiden had 19 rebounds, but the Bucks actually won the overall um, uh, rebounding battle. But Todd, just the eye test of which team was fresher to me really proved out. And I, th- what do you think they need to do to just limit the guard play of Booker and Chris Paul? Or just like KD, he's going to get what he's going to get. I mean, the thing that I think you put it perfectly, they're going to get what they're going to get to a certain extent. I mean, this when you're in the playoffs against players of this caliber and Booker and CP3, they're not KD's caliber, but, you know, they're one one caliber away. I mean, these are fantastic players, mm-hmm. two of the best mid-range scorers in the league yep. these days. To a certain extent, there's just not that much you can do. Um, and I think what the Bucks are going to have to do, and I also agree that Phoenix looked like the team that actually had rest. I think that, that carried its way through the game too. But I think what the Bucks need to do is make those guys, make it harder for them to get the switches they want. So, I mean, everyone, the, the big story early in the game was the Bucks are switching one through five from opening tip, which probably when they're, when they're healthy has never happened before in the bud era. Like it's just not what they do. They always try to drop first, even if they switch one through four, they never switch one through five right away. They did, and it didn't work out all that poorly. I mean, CP3 and Booker, 20-something, I think, right. eight for 19 mm-hmm. in the first half. They weren't mm-hmm. killing the Bucks, but they did combine for eight assists. I think the Bucks didn't help well on, on those switches. They were helping one pass away. Drew Holiday a few times helped off Chris Paul on Booker, and Booker just said, well, I'm just going to, make the easy pass and that's three points and it was two different times but I think the Bucks need to fight harder to not give up the switch that the Suns kept looking for um when the Suns would run the double drag screens two guys screening and the ball handlers goes around both every single time like those guys were not making perfect hard screens where there was no choice the Bucks just flowed into it and basically said immediately well that's what they're doing. Like Lopez just get over there and, and guard whoever the ball handler is. I just think you need to make it harder. I think if Brooke Lopez guards those guys for six seconds at the end of the possession, that's a much easier lift, and it doesn't look as mm. excruciating as it looks when he's out there, you know, 20 seconds on Great the clock point. Great and Chris point. Paul is getting to size him up. So I just think the Bucks need to be more disciplined and not give up those switches so easily even if they do want to switch. No, I would agree with you, but you also can look at the, the, the depth of the, the, the yeah. Bucks, uh bench. Is I think oh, yeah. it feels like it's lacking a, a little bit. I mean, Connington comes in and gets a bunch of minutes. Uh, Lopez only played like 23 minutes. Uh, Portis didn't play as long as you thought that he would. I think he was about 13 to 14 minutes. Uh, so just it, it was, for me, it was just like a twilight kind of a weird game just sitting there watching it, and really, I just I didn't think Phoenix played their best game. 
No, I didn't think so either. Um, I mean, the fact that it that the free throw discrepancy is what it was. Yeah. Middleton didn't get the whistle that that he's clearly deserved and deserves at this mm. point for the caliber of player he is. Um, you know, but if the free throws are closer, I mean, the Bucks might have actually pulled this game out. And I thought Phoenix played okay. I, I didn't think the Bucks executed well at all. But um, I definitely think I think John Horace has done a lot right in his tenure. I mean, listen. When you get Giannis to put pen to paper, clearly you're it's a, you're not going to be doing you know F minus on the report card as a general manager. But the one hole on the roster is they don't have enough two way guards. Like Dante right. Divincenzo goes down, and you you just have to be ready for a guy to miss playoff games in the league. That's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. They don't have another guard who can reliably defend and score for you at at any level. I mean Forbes has been. It's kind of a mess since the first round. Teague is incredibly inconsistent. Maybe their best option. That says a lot because he was released by the Celtics because they didn't like the way he played during the season. So that that's the hole, and you're right. I mean, it really does show through for the Bucks. Their bench, they've gotten some really good contributions from Ford, uh, Portis and Connaughton. They just could use another guard, and I think they're going to have to find ways to defend those two guards of Phoenix with bigger players. Just, I don't think you can rely on Forbes and Teague to l- take heavy minutes or do anything about Booker or CP3. Talking to Ty Windish from the Eurostep podcast. Ty, I, w- I want to talk about DeAndre Ayton and just the special game that he had yesterday. 22 points, 19 boards in his first NBA Finals action. A lot of first NBA, NBA Finals yeah. action for all of these players. <laughs> Only one of them being Great Jay Crowder, who has NBA Finals experience. But just how do the Bucks slow him down, especially with the troubles that they're going to have with defending Chris Paul and Devin Booker and all the switching that they're doing? Because I just don't think P.J. Tucker switching on to DeAndre Ayton is tall enough to stop him inside the paint. Yeah, it's funny. I think in a lot of ways Ayton is kind of emblematic for the Suns team as a whole and that, like, what they, they're really good at just, like, taking what you give them and making the best out of it. I think that's why... Aiton has been so great this postseason is I think he's just filled in his role perfectly. And I, I, you know, you say, talk about roles or role players, everyone thinks it's an insult. He just does exactly what he needs to do for that team. I mean, he grabs every rebound. He's a presence inside and on offense, like he's not demanding post-ups, right? Like he's not doing some of these things that we've seen guys like Dwight Howard, who, you know, is a great player. Don't get me wrong, but that was kind of his undoing later in his career before the renaissance of like needing the needing to do stuff in the post and wanting to take jumpers or whatever else centers are doing. Aiton is just like, whatever you give him, he's going to take. So like the switching was uh, the, clearly that was the biggest problem I had with it, not CP three and Booker, but the bucks are switching and ending with smalls on Aiton and they're either not getting between him and the rim and just basically doing the small guy against Giannis defense, AKA falling over and, hoping for a charge or there's no help coming like another big guy, whoever the second big is has to be able to like scram switch or rotate over to the rim and help because yeah, the Suns were eating that though, the switching alive. I thought more on the inside saying, Oh, you're going to have Chris Middleton down there with Deandre Ayton. He's going to set the ball in the basket. So I think the bucks just need to be more cognizant of where he is and who is around that can help with him. If they're going to continue this, the switching as you know, eagerly as they have, because I don't, he's not going to, you know, be Shaq and just like beat whoever's defending him over and over. But if you give him a pass to the basket, he's just going to put it in every single time. The Bucks need to have someone between him and the hoop to mm-hmm. make it harder for him and hopefully draw some fouls because with Saric hurt, they don't really have Great any point. big men besides him. It'll be Frank Kaminsky. That was one of my things. Yeah. That's why I downloaded your podcast because I like this good stuff, <laughs> Europods, wherever you can get podcasts. Ty, this is the question. We got about 30 seconds. Game two is a big game. But now you're talented enough to answer this question. These little millennials in here got on my nerves yesterday because (laughs) they were yelling out, Chris Middleton is a superstar. Okay, fine. That was Plucker, by the way. And it blew our show up. And then he said, well, he got the same numbers as D-Wade. That was polarizing. People start calling up. And then we went further, Tal. We said if Aaron Rodgers comes to a game three, does he get booed? Now, give me your best assessment. If you see Aaron Rodgers up on the Jumbotron, if you're here, 
do you think the fans in Milwaukee would boo him? Or would you think they give him a standing ovation, say, we understand what's going on? I think I think he's going to have to be, you know, pulling the, the Bakhtiari and chugging a beer. That's what I said. That's what I, I think said. he's got to fit in. I think he's got to fit in and not get booed. I think if he just waves, like, from a luxury box, I, I think he's getting booed. But maybe if he, you know – Really, truly tries to blend in and, and show that he's there to support. Then maybe he can avoid it and get the ovation. Ty Windish from the Eurostep. That was Ty Windish from the Eurostep podcast joining us on the big show, but also here now on Sparky's Midday Madness on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. We're live from the Lakeland University Studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years. Learn more at lakeland.edu. We'll hit a quick break when we come back. Talk with Rami Makloff from The Rami Show next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Dan Plucker filling in. Sparky's Midday Madness. Dan Plucker hanging out with you. Bottom of the sixth of the doubleheader between the Brewers and the Mets. Remember, these are only seven-inning games. Brewers up 2-1 after a Jace Peterson homer. Man, that guy's been red hot. And he has given the Brewers the lead over Jacob deGrom and the New York Mets. 2-1, bottom of the sixth, two outs. Corbin Burns still on the mound, looking like he could go the whole way. And as soon as that game is over, Tim Allen will be on these airwaves with the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin baseball postgame show. And he'll have, I'm sure, a lot to say about Corbin Burns and his performance so far. And even if he doesn't go the whole way, even if Josh Hader comes in here in the seventh inning, hopefully with the Brewers still having the lead, I should should not get too far ahead of myself here. But if that is the case, then uh, good things for the Milwaukee Brewers as they end their losing skid. Not too long, only two games at this point. So with the rain delay yesterday, Brewers looking to end that skid today, hopefully winning two games in a doubleheader. Now, Rami Makloff from The Rami Show joining me. You didn't turn on my mic before I cleared my throat, did you? No, I didn't. Because that was gross. I let out something there. <laughs> well, I'm, I didn't catch it on good. there. So right, maybe, maybe through my mic, but I did not actually turn right. your mic on. Good. To, to hear to to for to the sake that. of our listeners, yeah, Nobody I don't think to anybody that. needs to hear. No, right. there was something. There was something caught in there. I don't know what it is, but there was something. Well, in it's there. not caught in there anymore, good. which is good. which is good news. So, yes. Rami, yeah, we were talking about this in the break, and it's something that hijacked the big show for about an hour today. While we should be only talking about the Milwaukee Bucks, we were talking about Aaron Rodgers for just one segment. That's what we planned. Mm-hmm. One segment of mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers talk about Did the match. Go? Did it go? Because if it went, if people want that, I'll give it to him on well, the Rami the show thing today. Is, I'm it, trying to fill time here, baby. Us <laughs> talking about the match, that didn't really go. But what, what, what happened was I was on the air saying, oh, man. If Aaron Rodgers today, I think I said I think people are just getting tired of all this baloney. Like they just want Aaron Rodgers to say something. And I think that is the most frustrating thing of it all because we've heard from the Packers over and over about this situation and still after countless amount of opportunities, oh, Aaron Rodgers has still said nothing. He's said plenty. He said plenty of nothing. He has said plenty. You're just not listening. He I mean it's not coming from him. Anytime somebody in Aaron Rodgers' camp speaks, it's coming from Aaron Rodgers. Because you know as well as I do, Dan, that nobody in Aaron Rodgers' circle speaks out of turn. Nobody nobody Correct. says anything to the media with unless they know it's okay with Aaron Rodgers that they're saying it to the media I, because they will be out of and, the circle. And I agree with you, Ron. So we've heard what still, we've heard from Aaron Rodgers, it's man. It's still that we need to hear he it just, out of his mouth for this said, to confirm this. He just said last week in the interview about this golf match that they played yesterday. Basically, he said sometimes silence is golden. And yeah. you know what? And you know what? He's right because but, the guy who keeps opening his mouth, Mark, Mark Murphy, Murphy. Yeah, and he I keeps agree sticking with you. his foot right in it. Like there's there's uh-huh, no there's 100%. no there's no good that can be done right now, Dan. By either side speaking about this public until there is a resolution. Well, there, there's no point in either side speaking the thing, publicly until the, there's the a resolution. The problem for me is that Aaron Rodgers has hardly even addressed that there's a problem. Like, he, he has not said... Does, do you need that? I do, do a little bit. Do you need that, Dan? I, I would like him to say, I'm frustrated with the Packers you right now. you know why now. he hasn't done that? 
because it's a lot easier to walk into camp. If there is no resolution to this thing and he decides to walk into camp, to walk in and go, you guys blew this all out of proportion. If he comes out and says there's a big problem, then he doesn't have that out. He doesn't have that trap door to pull on this whole story. You're right. And he doesn't. So, so that's what that's what he's keeping in his back pocket. But, but what makes it frustrating is the continued dishonesty about what's going on. And not just that. Not, Stop expecting not just people that, to be honest. But this the, is a PR war. But, but this he's about being honesty. so cryptic with everything that he is saying. And yeah. that's, that is the frustrating part of it to me is that I just want him to say something. Just something so that we can put this to bed at least for a little bit. So that we can stop having these stupid conversation about, oh, what could this mean? What could that mean? Like, that's so annoying. It's so frustrating. Every, literally everybody you know you don't hates ha- it. You know you don't have to do that. Everybody right? I hates it. it. I kind of like it. No, everybody. I, ca- I, ca- I kind of like it. <laughs> well, I'm not all of lie. your listeners I kinda hate like it. it. No, they don't. No, they don't. Have, yes, you they seen, do. have you seen the ratings since Aaron Rodgers? Uh, <laughs> they clearly don't. Okay. No, that was the Bucks run, Robbie. <laughs> it's, that was a little the- bit, it's a little bit of both. And the return of the Mac. <laughs> so, but... I'm just I'm just saying, dude, like you don't have to do that. You don't you don't have to follow all this stuff because you if look, you can either recognize what it is and 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 pay attention to it and 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 follow along and try to decipher and 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 mm-hmm. translate what everybody is sure. saying here from both sides. Right. Or you can just like not participate. I like it. So I participate. I like pettiness and drama and 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 ambiguity. Uh, did I say ambiguity? ambiguity. Yeah, that's is a word. the word that I'm looking for. I like all that, man. I, I, it adds a little spice to sports. I, I like more than just what what I what right. I watch on a night to night basis. I agree on my with TV you, screen. but when it's been going on for two months, Look, man, the Bucks season one exhausting. way. Hey, Dan, you're 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 still young and and still somewhat green in this business. As soon as this Bucks season is over, man, we got nothing. All right, keep it up, Aaron no, Rodgers. Keep I, it up. I think we got plenty. As soon as as soon as this. <laughs> This, this buck stuff is over. We don't got nothing. We got we're, the Brewers. We're gonna but have I'm the Brewers saying, yeah. being great, but also yeah, but, we'll, we'll have whatever reaction we get for the Bucks for at least mm, probably a week and a half. But some juicy Aaron Rodgers stuff. Like if this, I don't want this thing to be quite done. I, I, I want it to still be simmering when 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 the buck season is over and and when mm-hmm. and when all the dust has settled on the buck season as well and then i want I agree. it to really let's ramp it back and up then, again and then let but you got to keep it simmering you can't just no. let it disappear you can't just let it disappear i like it simmering and so just stick it the, just stay the right question around there. was nice, rami the question was rami with uh-huh. aaron rodgers being and this is what all this was so i'm sorry for that that 6 minute rant That's that we fine. just went back and forth right. with on dear yeah. listener but i got time to uh, the, th- the thing was, <laughs> the question that hijacked the big show was, if Aaron Rodgers showed up at Pfizer Forum as a part owner of the Bucks, game three or four, they show him on the big screen, are you hearing cheers or boos from the fans at Pfizer Forum? A majority. Just tell me what you think a majority of it would be. One, Rami Makhlouf. I think it would. It w- I'm not trying to cop out of the question, but the, from from my experience and, and actually from, from polls, that that I've seen elsewhere about how people feel about Aaron Rodgers, I think it'd be about I I think it'd be about a fifty fifty divide in terms of it would be cheers and boos about fifty fifty. And uh, you are kind of right, almost a thousand votes on that uh, poll question we have up at Big Show See, Network you're on me Twitter. People don't care a thousand votes. When did you put that up? Uh, we put it up at. 12 at okay. noon. So in three a hours, thousand, a almost thousand a thousand vo- how many, votes. How many of your polls get a thousand votes in three hours there, Dan? Uh, a couple. <laughs> not, 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 not many, if I'm being completely you know honest. But. A lot of the same people who tell you they don't care, they care. They're they're listening. They, they're paying attention. They want to know. They're just... They so, just and even if even if it's like ooh, like they're they're listen they're like hate listening, you know right. what I mean? They're like ooh man, he did it again. He didn't say anything again. Oh, it just keeps on going, and I love it. I love all of it. So anyway, out of those a thousand voters, about forty percent of them said they would absolutely boo Aaron Rodgers. The other sixty percent said they would not or are undecided. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. I don't know. I don't know what you're booing this man for. I don't know what there is to boo this man for. Ultimately, what this comes down to is Aaron Rodgers' desire to be the Packers quarterback for the rest of his career. And you're booing him for that? That That's what he's fighting for. That's what this whole struggle is over. But so many and you're people, booing him for but, that. But Isn't that so what you want people, from you guys? So many people don't I'm look at you, the Dan. overall arc of that, and they you, just Dan. think of right now, this I'm a, I'm year, he's not you. in Green Bay. I'm asking you. Yeah. 
That not that the root of all this? Isn't that where this whole struggle started? Because Aaron Rodgers saw that he was being pushed out the door slowly, but being pushed out the door, and he didn't want that. He wanted to stay the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers at least until he was 40. And if he played past 40, he'd want to probably stay the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers then too. Isn't yeah. That, isn't that what you want from, from your hometown heroes? I, I do think that's what it started as, but I think it's changed since then. It's not just about him being the starting quarterback the for Packers, the long term anymore. Have the Packers changed course? No, they haven't. Then then it's still about that, isn't it? To a Ultimately, degree, yes. isn't it still about that? That, that is that is the, As long as Brian Gutekunst as, and, and, and Jordan Love are around, that's the plan. As my friend Shrek once told me, uh, onions have layers and ogres have layers. And this Aaron Rodgers situation also has layers. The, the core of the onion in this is, yes, Aaron Rodgers wanting to be the quarterback long term. But now it's turned into so many other things with Brian Gutekunst, with Mark Murphy, with all of these other layers that are being added on top of that. And yes, this the, the core of the onion is is the main issue. But all of these other layers now have to be peeled off if they're going to resolve this issue. But because Because it is complicated. I'm not saying it's not complicated. Right. But ultimately what it comes down to. Is that for Aaron Rodgers? That's what it comes down to: is his desire to stay the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, and people are mad at him about that. People are booing him about that. Like he's, I've said this before. It's like people expect him to carry the G on his way out the door while Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst kick him in the ass and do it with a smile on his right. face. Like, why does he owe that to the to the Packers organization? I think people mistake like loyalty to fans. Loyalty to the guys in that locker room and loyalty to that organization, to the people up mm-hmm. in the towers of that organization who are making decisions. Those are three different parties. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has any disdain for Packers fans. I don't think Aaron. Ro- I know Aaron Rodgers probably mostly loves the guys in that locker room. You never love everybody in a locker room. Get 53 dudes together and tell me if they're going to all love each other. That right. ain't, that ain't going to happen. All right. Those two parties I think Aaron Rodgers is A-OK with, um, unless, you know, you tweeted him or sent him a DM on Instagram, something nasty. He probably doesn't like you. But the organization, the front office, mm-hmm. Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, what, why does he owe it to those guys to go away peacefully and go along with their plan? Right. He doesn't. I exactly. agree with you. He does not. He so does what not, are you but- mad about? What are people mad at Aaron Rodgers about? People are mad about the right now, Rami. Again, you and I have a different perspective on this. We look at the long term because we both root for teams that have never had what the Packers have with Aaron Rodgers, with you being a Bears fan and me being a Lions fan. We see that long-term desire of keeping a guy like that in the organization. But fans here have not had that. Fans here in Milwaukee, here in Wisconsin, have had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers back-to-back, so they think that they deserve their MVP quarterback to be there on a year-in, year-out basis, be there for every mandatory camp, be there for every mandatory practice. And right now, there's one player that's stepping out of line, and he is Aaron Rodgers, that guy, and he's stepping out of line, and right now, they want Aaron Rodgers there because they were just... Uh, the last two years, they were right there, just about to get to the Super Bowl, and they're now thinking we can finally break this this curse in their eyes. We talked about that yesterday. There's no curse. But this curse in their eyes, if Aaron Rodgers just shows up and practices and plays the way that they all know that he's capable goes, of. And just goes along with the plan to push him out the door. And, and, and that's that's what they want. That's what Packers fans want. And, that's and it's, it is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I agree with you. That you expect this dude to do that. Because he signed the contract and should fulfill the contract. That's what I've heard way too many times. The only leverage he has to get what he wants, which before all this happened, was what all you wanted. What all you wanted. You were mad that they drafted Jordan Love a year ago. And and the the only leverage Aaron Rodgers has to get what he wants and what you want is to not show up for work. That's the only leverage he has. And you both want the same thing. So why are you mad at him for exercising the leverage to get what you both wanted a year ago? The thing you were both pissed off about a year ago. And 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 now now be now he, he I, I just don't get it, dude. I don't understand people. I really don't understand people in this whole thing that you would boo Aaron. I was trying to pull up a poll on my phone. I'll I'll talk about it during my show about just how how off base and how spoiled Packers fans are in this whole thing. 
100%. As far as the success of the team, and, and apparently when it comes to franchise quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing the Polish pipe bomb has some things to say about this. <laughs> I, the I'm Rami sure show he well. will, uh, yeah, he'll probably come back at you with a, a different opinion. I'll put it that way. But but I, I the thing is, I, I agree with the core principle of this onion that we were talking about. I agree that that they're trying to push him out the door at least a little bit with Jordan Lovett quarterback. What I don't agree with is the rest of the layers on that onion. I, I, I think that it's a problem that he has reportedly asked for Brian Gutekunst to be fired. I, I don't think I have that's a problem. problem. Brian Gutekunst tried you to don't. have him fired. I, I know you don't. And I would, Dan, I have, a, I have a rule. I would never try to get somebody fired. I've worked right. with people I don't like. I've never gone to a boss and said, hey, this dude's got to go. That's never happened. Right. And I would never do that unless somebody tried to get me fired. That, then, mm-hmm. then, then all, all, then all, all bets are off. off. Right. You try to push the me out the off, door, you're... I'm going to grab your collar, do a little dipsy-do, 180, and push you out the right. door. That's what's going to happen, all right? That, right. I'm not just going to walk away quietly while somebody pushes me out. Uh, and, I, and I get that, but at, at the same degree, there are levels of power within an organization, and Brian Gutekunst is at a spot of power, and Aaron Rodgers is to a degree, but not to the same level as the GM of a franchise. Yeah, but what do I got to lose? You're going to push me out now, or I can... Or I can... I can orchestrate my right. own way out. Are you? You're, I mean, you're going to push me out a year from now, or I can orchestrate my own way out. I'm just saying that's a now. layer that I don't necessarily agree with. I don't agree with Aaron Rodgers making these snarky comments back at Mark Murphy. I don't agree with Aaron Rodgers thinking that he doesn't have enough weapons around him to win a Super Bowl because all of those things are fact. He's had enough weapons at least in the last couple of years for them to get to the Super Bowl and win it, and for him to be petty about that at this point in this layer. It's frustrating to me. He had a, He's had some of the best offensive lines that have been constructed in the NFL over the last decade. He's had wide receivers like Donald Driver, like Greg Jennings, and like Devontae Adams under and Jordy Nelson under that, his belt. I argued that forever. as much as much as anybody. Mm-hmm. I argued that as much as anybody that the 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 notion that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have enough talent around him is a joke. It's a joke. It's, it's an, an absolute, absolute joke. joke. The narrative is is false, completely false. So I'm not going to disagree with you on that. But I think in most most of these layers that you're talking about, Dan. Mm-hmm. If you put yourself in Aaron Rodgers' shoes, you would either do the same thing, or you would, or you would at least say, "I understand why he's doing what he's doing and why he's doing it the way that he's doing it." And if you don't, if you don't think you would, you're either kidding yourself, or you'd be doing yourself a disservice in that in that situation. Absolutely. Like I said, Aaron Rodgers has one one leverage, one one thing that he can leverage against the Packers, and that's not showing up for work. And as far as saying stuff out in the public, he can't just come out and say, I'm never playing for the Green Bay Packers again. Well, right. Because I then agree. he can't show up to camp and, and blame it on us in the media and say, y'all blew it out of proportion. But I would like fine. I would like for him to at least acknowledge the fact because we all know that there is something going on. He would not be saying these cryptic things if something if nothing was happening. He would not be not showing up and not going to camp right now if nothing was happening. And he has not even referenced once that something and even something in the slightest. He could be he could even just be like, Yeah, me and me and Goody are are at at odds right now. Me and Mark Murphy, me and the organization are at odds right now. And he has not said anything like that. Rami, what's coming up today on the Rami Show? Today on the Rami Show, all Bucks talk. I'm gonna keep you company while the Brewers and the Mets do battle. Then Tim Allen will step in for some Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin baseball postgame show action. And then I'm guessing Based on the way that this game going and Josh Hader is about to come in and he doesn't blow saves. Did I just jinx it? Um, Hopefully not. I'm probably coming back and then and then taking this thing till six o'clock. All just right. talking bucks. I know uh, Giannis, Bud and Chris Middleton are all speaking today. So we'll probably bring you a little bit of that. I don't know about you, Dan, and we're way past. So you don't even have to tell me. Uh, I wasn't that discouraged by what I saw last night Neither in was game I. one of the NBA finals. I'm actually Neither feeling okay about this team today that was kind of the consensus on the big show today from Good. all three of us so we're going to well. talk about that talk about what you'd like to see them do differently and hear from uh, some of the major players in four four seven nine nine twelve fifty to yes, join sir. robbie next and of on course the Rami yeah, show. i want to hear from you Give me and a call. uh Send me a tweet really appreciate you uh hanging out for a couple minutes always here i turned your mic off i'm sorry always a pleasure dan you're welcome Stan Flocker, he's been, I've been filling in. He's been, wow, I'm using uh, myself as that second person, third person. I don't know. I'm Dan Flocker, filling in for Sparky this week on Sparky's Midday Madness. Only one more day you'll hear my voice, and then Rami will do, be doing four hours on Friday. Uh, so th- my thanks to him for filling in for me, for filling in for Sparky on Friday. Uh, it's Dan Flocker. It's been an absolute blast. Have a great rest of your day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.